Hello, folks. Welcome back to the On Being Christian podcast. I'm so glad that you chose to listen today. My name is Nolan Ruby. I'll be your host. I'm also the pastor of the Wasatch Front Baptist Church here in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I am looking out over the mountainscape right now of an absolutely beautiful day. I'm talking breathtaking. The mountains are still covered with a good bit of snow, and the sky is one of those very bright, very sharp, clear, indigo type of blues. You didn't know I knew those words, did you? You say, what is indigo? I have no idea. I heard somebody say it one time, and I and I copied it. I'm just telling you it's pretty. And I love looking out over these mountains. I love the Wasatch Mountains. We're getting close to when the snow's going to come out of those passes, and I'll be able to disappear three, four peaks back and spend some time in just the silence and solitude of nothing. And I'm looking forward to it very much. I wanted to talk to you today about something a little bit different. I, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, and the title grabbed my attention. It was um, racist terms, something of, along the line of people who have white privilege use these terms and they don't know they're racist. And I thought, well, I don't know where I, st- I mean, I do know where I stand on all of that, and I'm not entirely uh, excited to make this podcast about that type of stuff. But one of the things that I, f- I find interesting is, is listening to this stuff and then weighing it with what the Bible says. And to cut past all the stuff in the podcast that made me so incredibly frustrated, I did hear one thing that made me sad, and it was the idea that telling someone to be punctual, <clears throat> the idea that telling someone that it was important for them to be on time was racist or is racist. Now, obviously, I disagree with that so completely, um, and I'm not entirely wanting to take this podcast in a direction of arguing that type of nonsensical stuff, but one of the things that I do enjoy is when you listen to those types of things and just find in the Bible where the Bible says that that type of ideology is absolute foolishness. And so, if you will, I'd like to talk about punctuality today. I'd like to talk about time management. I'd like to talk about uh, the things that my grandfather told me this. He said there's only two things that they're not making more of. That's time and money. Or excuse me, time and land. And out of those two things... The only thing that you can't get back is time, making it the most valuable asset that you have. Okay, that was his type of mindset. It it, it immediately brought James chapter 4 to mind. I'm just going to start by looking at that. James chapter 4, verse 13 says, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now we rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him... It is sin. 
In other words, the context, now everybody knows that verse 17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin, but the context of that verse falls very squarely within the concept of managing your time properly, because you never know when the last second is that you have. You'll never know. It could be a thousand years, well, not a thousand years. It could be, if you're very young, it could be 80 years from now. But there are those within the sound of my voice who won't see the end of this year. And that's just a fact. And so what are you doing with your time? How do you view it? Do you view punctuality as this social construct that holds down certain people over another? I think that's absolutely ridiculous. There's a book that I want to share with you, uh, specifically a chapter within that book. The book is entitled Gaining Favor with God and Man. Now, the version that I have in my hands is by a, a man named William M. Thayer, and this was a copyright, uh, let's see here, reprinted in 1989. I can't find the original printing. Uh, concerning the date that this was written. Uh, but this is one of my favorite books, Gaining Favor with God and Man by William Thayer. I'm going to jump down to chapter 14, which is entitled On Time and Punctuality. And I'm going to read you this story. Now, remember, we just started this in James chapter 4, and it goes to say this in verse 13, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. So time is not nearly what you think it is, that's to say the least, but there is an object of opinion on what time is, and that comes from the Bible. It reminded me of this story. This is, again, um, chapter 14 out of the book entitled Gaining Favor with God and Man. This is what it says. A ripe scholar was the neighbor of Dr. Adam Clark, the commentator, when the letter has become quite renowned, or this letter about this event has become quite renowned. On the same evening, both saw, so the commentator and this doctor, both saw a copy of the Greek Testament of Erasmus advertised. As soon as the ripe scholar had swallowed his breakfast on the next morning, he hastened to the bookstore to purchase the volume. You are too late. The book is sold, replied replied the bookseller, to the inquiry of the gentleman. Too late, exclaimed the scholar in surprise. Why, I came as soon as I had eaten my breakfast. Yes, but Adam Clark, your neighbor, came before breakfast, responded the merchant. The incident shows that a man who is on time has the inside track, and the inside track is nearest the goal. I love that. Folks, when you remove objective value from the life of a person, like the value of showing up on time, the value of teaching young men and young women to have a desire and a drive within them to make the day respond to them instead of responding to the day when when a whole generation is being taught that that type of ideology is racist, you're removing wealth from people. You're not giving them wealth. You're removing it. When you teach young people 
that time and respect of time and punctuality is a racist idea, you're literally pushing them further down than they already are. This, this ridiculous notion that the removal of constraints of time from off of a person creates more value is ridiculous by everyone who knows how to think, as well as every scholar who's ever thought, not to mention the very word of God. If I go on reading from this book, it goes on to say, in 1788, Washington, the father of his country, visited Boston and decided to leave for Salem at eight o'clock on the morning of a certain day. A company of cavalry volunteered to escort him to Salem. While the clock of the Old South Church was striking eight, Washington mounted his horse and started, though his escort had not put in an appearance. A few minutes later, however, they arrived and were greatly mortified to find that Washington was gone. Putting spurs to their horses, they galloped forward and overtook him at Charles River Bridge. When they came up, Washington said, Major, I thought you had been in my family too long not to know when it was 8 o'clock. The major made a poor apology and learned a lesson he never forgot. Another incident from the life of Washington confirms the foregoing. He wanted to purchase a pair of horses and arranged with the owner of a span to be at his office at 5 o'clock in the morning. Washington was prompt, but the owner of the horses was 15 minutes late. He found Washington engaged with other parties when he reached his office, and he was obliged to wait a whole week before he could have another interview. Being uh, behanded 15, or excuse me, being behind 15 minutes upset his plans for a week. He never recovered that quarter of an hour. It was lost forever. And so you find this all throughout history, the idea that people of highly effective, highly um, productive lives are people who understand the value of time. It is an absolutely irreplaceable um, amenity that you have in your life. You'll never get more of it. You're only going to get what you get. And when you spend it, it's gone forever. This idea that what you do with time doesn't matter is a false idea from everyone who's ever been effective with time to the Bible itself. There's a couple other verses that came to mind concerning this concept. Um, let's see here. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, that's the section of the Bible that tells us there's a time for everything. In fact, if I read this to you, it says in verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. The Bible has a lot to say about time. In fact, in the Marine Corps, this is one of the things that we learned very, very quickly. Time is valuable. Time is very valuable. How many things do you think 
steal your time on a regular basis. In fact, if we were to gather up all of the minutes that you spent today with your eyes glued to some type of screen, and I'm not talking about working, I'm talking about for entertainment purposes, how much time would you lose? Do you realize every time that you're playing a game or watching social media or zoned out in front of some program that you're giving your life away? You're giving the one thing that you have that nobody can take from you. You only have to, the only person that can take your time is you. You you give it to the things that you want to give it to. You're giving it to something that's producing nothing in your life. Nothing. One of the things that I learned in the Marine Corps with respect to different aspects of training um, was when in the water, you can't use energy in an irresponsible way. You can't fight the water. The water will win. You have to work with the water. If you fight the water, you're using way too much energy and taking up time in the use of that energy that will produce nothing more than a tired body with no results. And so you have to work with the water. You have to use the water, your energy, and the time in a conclusive, coherent way that gets you from where you are to where you want to be. That's the same thing in life, folks. You only have so much time. And to tell people that their time means nothing and that if someone else comes along and tells them that they should learn how to respect themselves and respect their time at a high enough level to be very particular about who they give it to, that's a racist thing to say that? That's ridiculous. That's absolute nonsense. If you're zoned out in front of a... I don't even know what we're on now. I don't play video games. What's the PS stuff? PS what are we on? Seven, eight, nine, two, three? I don't even know. But if you're totally zoned out, doing nothing but moving digital signals in a fake world for points and gold and currency that doesn't matter any other place than inside the game... You're giving your life away to produce zero results in reality. If you can't stop watching TV for three, four, five, six hours a day, folks, you're giving your life away. You're giving the only thing away that's worth more than anything else your time. Your time. When you learn how to manage time, which, by the way, means managing yourself, you will be successful. That's it. You understand that's it. When I learn how to get out of bed at the sound of an alarm clock, when I learn how to put my feet on the floor and move my tired body against all the screaming will of my emotions to get back in bed and get back under the covers. When I learn how to do that, I will be successful. When I learn how to take in information and contemplate it and categorize it and use it to my benefit, as opposed to zoning out in front of a television screen, I will be successful. When I learn how to write and articulate my thoughts, both ver both verbally and physically, uh, concerning uh, writing, instead of uh, just watching someone else pretend to be someone else with a script for a certain amount of time, I will be successful. Managing time is managing the one thing 
that guarantees your success in life. And to tell someone that managing time is racist is the most arrogant, foolhearted, stupid thing I've ever heard. There's another story from this book. Hawthorne makes one of the prominent characters say, this is in reference to time management, I have spent all my life in pursuit of tomorrow, being assured that tomorrow has some vast benefit or other in store for me. But I am now getting a little in years and must make haste, for unless I overtake tomorrow soon, I begin to be afraid it will finally escape me. He died probably on the day before he expected to overtake it. He had started in life with the inspiration of that maxim, one today is worth two tomorrows. He would never have pursued tomorrow at all. All days would have been today. But a good many years ago, he lost a day by tardiness, lost a day by idleness, and was never able to make up the loss. He could not tell just what had become of it, but it dropped out sometime and somewhere, and his whole life was incomplete in consequence. That advertisement was not a mere figment of the imagination. Uh, Lost two golden moments. No reward is offered as they are gone forever. You understand the idea that is being relayed here is we always talk about the things that we'll do tomorrow. And tomorrow, when it finally gets here, becomes today, pushing tomorrow one more day away. The Bible is full of examples on the value of today. You understand you cannot be a Christian tomorrow. And you can't change the type of Christian that you were yesterday. The only thing that you can do is be a Christian today. And let me narrow that down even a little bit more for you. Being a Christian today means being a Christian right now. Life is lived in your nows, not in your tomorrows, not in your yesterdays, but in your nows. How do I make sure that I'm in control of my now? Well, I have to control the things that now is made up of, which is time. Time. Psalm 90, verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Now, if you reverse engineer that verse, you understand wisdom is the thing that we want. Well, how do we get that? Well, by understanding that we don't have forever to get there. Our days are numbered. And when we understand that, we begin to look at our life as finite, not infinite. Folks, it's just life. Nobody gets out of it alive. You understand that? We're all going to die. And everything that we were going to do on the day that we die will have been done. Like I said at the beginning of this, some of you are young. Maybe you've got 80 years left. Maybe 90 what are you going to do with it? You can, you're can. you the only one that's going to decide that. Some of you, again, probability being what it is, some of you who are listening to this won't see 2024. What is your life and what can it still be? Well, it will never be anything more than what you make it right now. 
Now is when life is lived, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. James chapter 4, we already read that. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Do you know what that means, redeeming the time? It's taking back what idleness took from you. You've heard the phrase, a body in motion tends to stay in motion, and a body at rest tends to stay in at rest. So a body at rest tends to stay that way when tomorrow comes. So how do I redeem it? Start moving, because the body in motion tends to stay in motion. If I'm living in the now, in motion, that motion tends to keep moving which means I, can't, I tend to be going in the direction that I'm, that I'm going in towards my goal. The inside track, as we read from gaining favor with God and man. The inside track is the one that's nearest the goal. How do I get on the inside track? Be the first to get there. Be the first to get there. Well, I came right after breakfast. Right. But the guy who got there first was the guy who came before breakfast. And if a guy who got up before he went to bed and was in line before the store opened, he would have beat the guy that came before breakfast. You see how this works, folks. It, while you're sitting, someone's working. While you're playing, someone's getting smarter. While you're relaxing, someone's making, some, making themselves better by the use of time in the now. That's all you've got. That's all you'll ever have. And if you don't learn how to use it, then you'll learn the hard way that it was the most valuable thing you had, but only after you lose it. Only after you lose it. Telling people that punctuality and time management is a waste of time, or worse yet, like what I was listening to in this podcast, that it's racist, is absolutely ridiculous. There are several things that the Bible says on this. I mean, there's a lot more than several things, but there's there's one. Here, let me see if I can find it here for you. Um, Ephesians 1.10 uh, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. This gives us the idea that there's going to be a day when time doesn't matter. That's when we see Christ. We see him as he is. But in the here and now, time matters very much. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. I tell folks sometimes, especially young guys, when I'm dealing with them, they can't get over, well, I just don't have the motivation, or I just don't this, and I just don't that. A lot of times, motivation is a direct result of where our mind is. And if my mind is mostly in the fantasy world of leisure, then is it any wonder that the product of that is a life that leans towards leisureness? But if my mind is a busy mind. If I'm taking in information, cataloging it, categorizing it, putting it in places where I can go back and get it. In other words, if I'm a reader, Leonidas, king of the Spartans, he said a very helpful comment one day. He said, the nation that makes a great distinction between its scholars and its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Now, apply that to your life. If I am so lazy that in the here and now, I tend toward idleness, what type of future am I guaranteeing myself? Guaranteeing myself. Well, if I'm idle in the now, then the now will become the later, and I'll be idle in that as well. 
And if I seek pleasure in the now, then the now will become the later, and I'll have a reputation for doing nothing more and doing nothing less than seeking pleasure. We have a society that rewards the concept of moving as little as possible. Folks, nobody ever changed anything. Nobody ever reached any goals conveniently. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some management of your time. It's not a racist concept. It's not a repressive concept. It's not a hateful concept to teach people to have enough respect for themselves to show up on time. Folks, I used to work for the VA. I was a a veterans service officer slash disability evaluation coordinator. I had kind of two hats that I wore. I was very good at what I did. I enjoyed what I did um, to a certain respect. Uh, The guys who were most in need of veterans benefits, just in my humble opinion, based off my own experience, usually weren't the guys that um, were first in line. The guys that were in need of it, the guys who earned it, were usually the guys who were out still earning it. You know, they were still doing it. But um, I ended up leaving that job that I had basically from the time I worked for a prison for a while as a correctional officer, and then I got that job. And and that was my first kind of professional um, secular employment outside of the Marine Corps. And uh, I started to look for, I went into the fixed indexed annuities world, market shares, uh, long-term health and care insurance, things like that. Um, And it didn't end up working out for me. And by not working out, I mean, I failed miserably, really, really super bad. And the VA at that time was in a hiring freeze, and so I couldn't go back to my job. And so I found myself in the open marketplace of ideas with what I thought was a pretty valuable collection of qualities um, uh, concerning my ability to work and, and, and market myself. And I realized that I was very much pigeonholed into a pretty specific type of work by what I did for the VA. I could write medical exams and I could hold public um, debates and, and speak in front of people, but in the marketplace of ideas that didn't have as much worth as I thought it would. And so I found myself kind of needing to remake myself and I was turned down for job after job after job after job after job. And uh, one of the guys, a friend of mine to this day, um, got a hold of me and said he, he was an electrician He's moved up through the ranks now, and he's actually a uh, uh, an owner of uh, two different traits, um, companies that work in the traits. In fact, if you want to hear him and his opinion on all this, there's an interview within this podcast called Freedom and Influence, and that's an interview with the guy I'm talking about. He got me an interview with a guy who flipped houses. Guy name was Joe, and um, I showed up at one of these houses that this this guy would buy these houses on on the cheap. And then he would put all of his money into the kitchens and bathrooms. And we'd re-drywall, repaint, bring it all up to code, get rid of the things that didn't necessarily uh, weren't necessarily healthy, clean up the yard, fix fences, do all kinds of stuff. And then he'd sell the house for a profit. And I was his employee um, for a time. But when I showed up to interview for this position, I showed up in jeans and a button-down T-shirt on a construction sh- – not a T-shirt, a button-down collared shirt and khakis. They weren't jeans and loafers at this construction site looked like an absolute idiot but that was you know business casual was my world and uh the guy looked at me and 
And he said, well, I hear you're looking for a job. And it was such a swallowing of pride. (laughs) But I was. I I needed a job quick. I'd gone through every amount of savings I had and was racking up some debt on credit cards. And I said, I do. I need a job. And he kind of told me what he was willing to pay me. And it was less than one-third of what I was making prior to that. But it was going to be a lot more hours. Uh, like a lot more hours for less than one third of the pay, but I needed a job. And I said, listen, I, I, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do the job. He said, well, do you have any experience? And I realized I didn't actually have any experience as he would define experience. I could write medical exams. I could speak about veterans benefits and the post nine 11 GI bill and wartime pension recipients to colleges and And uh, service organizations, I could argue cases, limited power of attorney in federal court. I could do notice of disagreements. I could do all of that. I knew how to work programs and computers and track passwords. And but I didn't know how to hang drywall. (laughs) And I said, I I don't really have any experience um, with respect to the kind the kind that you'd be talking about. And so he kind of looked over at the guy that had recommended me for the job. It was kind of frustrated, like, what are we doing here? And and so he said, well, you, you know, do you have tools? And at this point in my life, I had, I, I kind of stole this story because it, it represented my life almost to a T. Um, I had two tools. I had a hammer and a screwdriver, and that screwdriver had multiple heads on it, so I thought that counted as more than one, but... I, uh, I I told him I said no, I don't I don't really have I don't really have any tools. And this guy, the, he was really frustrated. Now he looked at the guy that had, had offered me a reference, like what are you, what are we doing? And I looked at him and I said Joe, uh, called him by his last name. I said, <clears throat> excuse me. I said, listen, I'm probably not the guy you're looking for, and there's probably a thousand guys that you would be better off at hiring concerning skill. But here's what I can tell you. I'll show up exactly when you tell me to show up. I'll do exactly what you tell me to do. And I'll do it for however long in the day you tell me to do it. I won't complain. I won't call in. And I'll work very hard. (laughs) He looked at me. He's like, brother, you're hired, man. You're hired. And that's exactly what I did for him. I showed up on the job site every day at 630. I worked until 5 p.m. every single day. And then I went and I worked uh, at a retail facility, facing shelves and working point of sale and doing all that until they closed down at about 11 o'clock. And then I would go and provide security for clubs and, and bounce different events and things like that until 3 in the morning. And then I'd start all over and I realized that I could do that for a Monday through a Friday And I'd crash all day Saturday, go to church Sunday, and start over. And that was, the Lord used that in my life to teach me a very valuable lesson. Time means something. People respect people who understand the value of time. Telling someone that the the time of their life, the time that God has given them, doesn't mean anything. And if someone tells them to be on time that they're a racist, is ridiculous, folks. That's ridiculous. That's going to hurt people. That's going to hurt the generation coming up. This idea that time doesn't matter is false. It's not real. 
The Bible has so much to say about time. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 through 3, the Bible says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, we have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, and sudden, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. What I want to relay from that to you is, if you're hearing me, you know very well by looking at the environment that we're serving our that we're serving our Lord in, that time's running out. You know very well yourself the times and the seasons. There's a several verses in Isaiah that give this notion, but to paraphrase, there's uh, some verses that say that when the good is bad and the bad becomes good, when bitter becomes sweet and sweet becomes bitter, when light becomes dark and dark becomes light, when the whole world gets turned upside down when morality is evil and anarchy is praised as good, when subjective truth becomes more important than objective truth or object reality, you know the time is drawing to a close. That's where we are. Macro vision here as a nation, that's where we are. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing to put yourself on the inside track? Do you really need to relax as for as much time as you relax? Or are you cheating yourself? And worse than that, cheating the ones who will come behind you. I think we're riding a wave of accomplishment of men better than ourselves. And that wave is crashing. And we're realizing that there's a whole generation, maybe more than that, two, possibly even three generations of men and women who don't understand the value of time. Can you choose to make the days respond to you instead of you respond to your days? When's the last time you saw the sun come up? Or do you roll out of bed at a leisurely time? meander through social media and YouTube for an hour and a half before you finally brush your teeth and pour a cup of coffee and then go back and take a nap from your just absolutely exhaustive beginning. What are you producing with your life? What are you using time to make better? Are you using time to make things better or just to serve your own leisure, pleasurable purposes? Folks, we need men and women who understand the value of time, who understand that time is all we have to change the world. And so what will you do? What will you do? Thanks so much for listening, folks. I believe that we are past the snow here in Salt Lake City. Now that I've said that, we're sure to get one more. I've just put my foot in my mouth, but nonetheless, um, beautiful day here beautiful day. I've got a schedule of things that I can't wait to get started. Everything from rockscaping to making some garden beds to possibly a chicken coop. I know, I know, ambitious, but that's kind of on the, the headway here. Got some travel coming up. 
Um, here at Wasatch Front Baptist Church, we certainly enjoy visitors, and so if you're in the area and you'd like to come in, say hello and meet us, uh, everything concerning the times for the service are online at Wasatch, that's W-A-S-A-T-C-H.com, or WasatchFrontBaptistChurch.com. Uh, you can contact me directly here on the phone in the office or by email through that website, and I will answer you, I promise, as soon as I can. Father, thank you so much for everything you've given us, for the time that you've given us, and I pray that you would help us to walk worthy of that time to be responsible stewards of everything that you've entrusted to our hand. We leave these things in your hands and ask that you'd please help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to be with you again. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.